Sunday sit-down with Jared Scaley. Oh, yeah. Every Sunday from 11 to 1 on ESPN New Hampshire. All right, Sunday sit down, ESPN New Hampshire. Two weeks till Christmas. We're here, rocking it out, ESPNNHradio.com. That's a real statistic. The tune in. Two weeks away. (laughs) (laughs) From today, my friend. Wow. Two weeks till Christmas. Uh, Of course, you're on the tune in app, 912.50 a.m. as well. Uh, Join the conversation, 603-883-9900. Steve's in here rocking the old-school Doug Flutie BC jersey. Exactly, man. Phenomenal. Heisman winner. Heisman winner. Former Patriot. Former Patriot. Have to represent. Best um, quarterback in the Canadian Football League ever. He's also a little Ooh, under I the weather this morning. Moon. He's also a little under weather this morning. So. No, no. I, don't, I might go Warren Moon with that. Sorry. No, 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 no. no. Well, what is, anyways, you said, said, said best said, quarterback in the Canadian Football League. I go, ah, I might go Warren Moon. I like Doug Flutie. Yeah. Nope. Doug Flutie. Um, so, big show on tap. Uh, Jerry Thornton's going to join us of now Barstool Sports once again at 1120. Uh, talk to him about the Patriots-Ravens game, ask him about the Red Sox. We're going to talk about Red Sox right away. We'll get to the Bruins later on as well because there's one guy who's really the only guy who's been consistent for the Bruins and David Pasternak, so I want to yeah. touch on that. Absolutely. Um, and what that means for the Bruins going forward, they just had a tough loss yesterday it as well. A, it was a very miserable game to be sitting at. Yeah. <laughs> you went to it? Yeah, it was not fun. God. Yeah, it was kind of miserable, especially after getting blown up by the Avalanche. They, uh, they love playing from behind, don't they? They really do. They just... Want to make it interesting. Um, so we'll get to that. Everything. Uh, Steve is not doing updates today. It'll be Nick Qualia today. Nick just finished. Steve's taking a sick day while he's at the office. Fre- friend, <laughs> friend Zone is doing the updates today. <laughs> friend Zone, Small friend Balls. Zone. We're, all balls. Here. We're all here. Give me whatever you this want. This brought to you by Small Balls. <laughs> <laughs> no fun for me. The absolute two year <laughs> Friend Zone experience. <laughs> um, get yours now. <laughs> so or, pl- or wait two years. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, so plenty to talk about, but let's start Red Sox because obviously the news of the week was the Chris Sale deal. Um, Red Sox didn't stop there though; they had a, they had a busy Tuesday, uh, trading for Chris Sale, uh, trading for Thick. What's his name? The reliever, Tyler Thornburn. Thornburn. I kept thinking Thigpen for some reason. I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> Tyler Thornburn, the reliever from the Brewers. Uh, that was the Travis Shaw deal, and then they signed Mitch Moreland to a one-year deal as well to play first base. Um, a lot going on. A lot of people are now basically saying the Red Sox are the favorites, hands down, to go to the World Series out of the American League. Including Brian Cashman. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's such a hypocrite. Oh, my God. The, the, the Boston Red Sox are the Golden State Warriors of baseball, and then he throws $86 million at a Raldis Chapman. Yep. I didn't think it was an me? insult. Why? Was it no, no, I, I that an insult? No, no not it's, at it's all. It's such a hypocrite. You're the Yankees. You guys, all you guys do is outspend... Every other person, and you're going to call the Red Sox because they, I don't know, beat you to the punch and got Chris Sale. It's such a hypocrite. $88 million, though, for a closer. For a, closer. For a guy who, who throws one inning. Yeah, it's, it's a roll to Chapman. Exactly. He's the best of the game, but and come on. He, he, said that, he said that comment two days before they gave Chapman that, that contract. So what a hypocrite. Yeah. You're such a, what a loser. That's, that's an absurd you. amount of money for, for a closer. closer. It's absurd. I thought he, you know what? Money. To be honest, though, this is crazy. I actually honestly thought after I saw the deal that Melanson got going to the Giants, what did he get? Sixty-two million. Yep. I was like, Chapman's going to get a hundred million. I honestly I thought. thought it too. I, I'm, well, I honestly didn't thought he, he originally ask for a hundred million? Uh, like I think he asked he for a have. lot. He asked for a boatload of money from the Cubs. These free said, nope. agents in this Spoiled. year's market Spoiled. for whatever it's, it's yeah, they're asking for a ton of money. I, I mean, well, because look, Edwin, look Edwin at last Car- year, Encarnacion. You got Jose Batista. They're they're both asking for ridiculous amounts of money. And they're both nowhere right now. Yeah, they're both. Yeah. Yeah, nobody, nobody Joey wants Batch to spend is what? That kind like of money. 36? Yeah, 36. Did, you, he's did done. you see what the Red Sox said about Joey Bats? Yeah. His, oh, his agent told the Red Sox so that, they wanted, uh, that he wanted to come to Boston. 
The Red Sox were like, we don't have the money. Sorry. Well, he also said they Meanwhile, wanted to go to Baltimore. Meanwhile, John buying yachts. He also, <laughs> said he, wanted to go to, he also said he wanted to go to Baltimore, and then Baltimore said, well, we're not going to sign you because our fans don't like you. Yeah. Good. So, <laughs> so that, I mean, he's a douche. That, 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 that whole, oh, the Red Sox don't have money crap pissed me off. Because I like Mitch Moreland, but is he... I think he's a good rotation but guy. But see, this is what they did. This I don't think he's a, he's a replacer. He's not even he, close no, to they the were, they, they he's Joey, replacer. You need Joey Bats on see, they're this not, team. They're not looking you to replace David Ortiz. They're not looking to replace David Ortiz that way. They replaced David Ortiz with Chris Sale. That's what they did. They're not looking for the power bat. They're, they brought in the pitching to outweigh the lack of offense that there will be come the season. Um Mitch Moreland is a gold glove first baseman. You now have a guy who can play first base every day and consistently be there for you defensively. Um, and now now you have Hanley as a DH. So now you're replacing Ortiz with Hanley, which isn't a bad trade-off. And Mitch Moreland's going to CC some time off the, off the field because I think he's going to play primarily against righties. But you have now a guy, basically, you're banking on Pablo Sandoval to play third base. But, really now, he, but now he can rotate and playing. DH at some point, so there's options there. They're not. It's going to be a DH by committee next year. Well, yeah. did you you saw those pictures of Pablo this week? Then, he then that to me is probably a big reason why they got why they traded Travis Shaw because they're looking at Pablo. He's putting into the work finally, and I'm assuming that they were pretty close with Mitch Moreland in the morning because yeah, dealing Travis that. Shaw away. Mitch Moreland was kind of they they kind of replaced him right at the end of the day because yeah. now you put Mitch Moreland at first base, you got Pablo at third. Uh, I don't know if Mitch Moreland can play third if he needs to, but you have Brock Holt there. No, but Hanley can play third. Uh, Yeah, yeah, but you know what? And Brock can play third. So that brings up another. That brings up something that we're going to have to talk about throughout the season. So Hanley came into this, came onto this team, kind of hoping to be David Ortiz's replacement at the designated hitter position. That's what we. It was kind of the. They they basically signed him based off that. They said you're going to be GH next year. He's done. So what worries me about that is what if he checks out? Because you know Hanley. Hanley's Hanley's a fun loving guy, but he's he doesn't focus. See, doesn't I don't, see that's focus. why that's why he needs to be at first base. That's why like I'm saying for a DH guy, I I would love Encarnacion. Encarnacion wants to play the field. I'm like that's not going to work. That I, it makes plenty of sense why they're not going after him. Joey Bats. I'm like you could put him at a DH. You could just rake. I think Hanley needs to play first base. See, I think almost I, three four times a week. He needs to see, be engaged. Needs to be alert because he loves it. And he, watching last year though, crunch time watching last year. I'm against that. I, I think he is comfortable in Boston. I think he has the drive and the motivation, along with Pedroia there to kind of keep him in line. It's not he, the, it's no, not, I think he doesn't that have drive. I just think it's better. No, I think he's finally in a place that he can enjoy the game again. You know, he never wanted to leave Boston. I've talked about this last year too when he was having yeah. like the resurgence. He was never in a place that he wanted to be because he always wanted to be here. He never wanted to leave Boston. He, he was pissed when he got traded. For he Becky. said, you know, "I love the trade. He got us a World Series." But for him, he got screwed. He's talked about it because when he was in the Dominican. Uh, growing up, he said that there were two teams that you want to play for when you're growing up yep. playing baseball. You want to yep. play for the New York Yankees or you want to play for the Boston Red Sox. <clears throat> yep. He got to the Boston Red Sox and they traded him away for essentially it, that was a big deal at the time. But this this goes back to trading prospects, you know, because you get you you have to get those deals yep. that are going to help you win. And like because now you trade Moncada, right? Moncada is probably going to be a stud. We we know that right. He struggled. He's he's going to be starting probably. I thought Henry Owens was going to be too. Yeah, no, I know, but like Moncada has Owens. seems like has a more of a track record to yeah. be a stud. But it's going to hurt, you know. Like we traded Hanley, he became a star, right? Yeah, it was Absolutely. a disgruntled star, nonetheless. But he almost won the MVP. Y- yeah, you did. You would have loved to have Hanley here all those years. He was Absolutely. He, right. Absolutely. But you, you bought the bullet because you needed a World Series, and Beckett got you there, and so did Mike Lowell. 
right? So yeah, that was a great trade. And Mike Lowell was a throw-in, yeah, which is crazy. Yeah. MVP of the two. Well, I mean, I mean, look at it this way: Jay, Cr- Jay Crowder was a throw-in for the yeah, Lions. Jay, Crowder, Jay Crowder, Crowder is so the, the big piece of that trade was Brandon Wright, who they shipped off after a year, which was stupid. But continue. Yeah, it was stupid, but. Um, Look, I, I think that trading prospects is something you have to do in this league. If, you, if you're a big market team, you trade prospects. You don't keep prospects. You're not the Oakland A's. You're not these teams who can't afford to play without prospects. Tampa Bay is another one, right? But look at Chicago. I mean, Chicago's kind of the opposite of that. They did Which one? Both. The Cubs? Cubs, sorry. Okay, but now the Red Sox are that way too, right? Look who's at your starting lineup. Mookie Betts, Xander Bogarts, exactly. Jackie Bradley. I, it, you're kind of in that direction. Just like, I, I, I don't, I want, a, I want a nice balance. I don't want... I well, you're, you're having a nice balance he's full with this. on right. He's full on, we're trading the prospects, everyone's out, fires everyone's from... Everyone so you were against go. the Chris Sale deal then? Absolutely not. The only sale I was really... The only, the only sale... Uh, the only trade I probably had a problem... Problem with was the Pomerantz deal. Well, I think everyone. Everybody. Everybody I think everyone's against. Mostly now because he's not not even projected to be in the starting rotation now. You know what though? You had a chance to send him back. Hey, hey, no, no. Here's no, no. Keep him because honestly, you put him. He's going to have an Andrew Miller type mold. He's going to be in the bullpen, and he was nasty in the playoffs when they brought him in. So I, I feel like he could fit that well. Yeah, I I look at the Chris Sale deal because a lot of people have been complaining as Ross puts on the purple shades. Love it. They're really purple. <laughs> no, I told you they're really. They don't block the sun at all, no. so it does nothing it like, for my hangover. Like they're for looks, like solely for looks. Right <laughs> but they are but. super purple. Um, <laughs> wow! Right with the Chris Sale deal, I can't get over Ross. And I love <laughs> Ross. See, we we're not on Facebook Live yes, today. Yes, will, yes. will you tweet out a picture of that? Please? I will tweet out. Um, at Sunday Sit Down, if you're not following us already on Twitter. I feel like we need just like... Ross is raving on the Sunday Sit Down this morning. He's raving. He's raving hard. Chris Sale deal, I love. I love the Chris Sale deal. That puts you over the top. Trading for Chris Sale, you got some prospects. You traded prospects. You traded Kopik. You traded, obviously, Moncada. You hear all these complaints about... Oh, you don't don't destroy the farm system! Don't destroy the farm system! You, you, you're not going to be good past three years. Look who's on your. You didn't touch the starting lineup. Yeah. When when this deal came up in the trade deadline, Mookie Betts was in the conversation. Benintendi was in the conversation. Benintendi was actually. I read something. He was initially in the conversation when these came up again, like a week ago. They asked for Benintendi and someone else, and they ended up in Betts, and they fell back to fell back to this. How bad? Recently, so like clearly Chicago didn't have much, and then they eventually wanted. I think recently, too, they said they wanted Ben Attendee and then eventually fell back and took Moncada. Well, I think they so, realize where they're at. They're in a rebuilding stage, and they have to be in a rebuilding well, stage. Well, no, I know, but they settled for Moncada is what I'm telling you because yeah. they wanted Ben Attendee That's what I right mean. Away. They're strengthening the farm system because yeah. they, they in the next couple of years, they're going to want to be good, and they potentially have that start. Now, what I can't stand is the people who are freaking out about losing Gilmar Moncada. I get it. I really do because he's, oh, I love he's the number I, one baseball still, prospect. Yeah. He's probably going to be... A future All Star in this league. He's going to be what Manley. I would have rather trade my JBJ. My issue, I'm, yeah, me too. But they wouldn't have done it. My issue is that you, Boston fans are the biggest hypocrites, and we know that because when you breed somebody, you speak for yourself. Uh, look at look at like the Celtics, <laughs> for example. You have all these young guys and these starters, and now when people talk about trades for superstars. There are, uh, people go, no, I don't want to trade this guy. No, I don't want to trade this guy. Well, yeah. you bred them eventually to be traded. A few of them. Well, that's how people felt. Well, like, to Celtics' example, when we got KG, no one wanted to trade Al Jefferson. Everyone was like, don't trade Al Jefferson. Don't do it. It's not worth it. It's Kevin Garnett. It was, it was definitely worth it. But... No, I know, but like when, they, when it, before it actually happened, every, the, the media hysteria around here was, don't trade Al Jefferson. He's a star in this league. Don't trade Al Jefferson. You, you know what's crazy? Look what happened. You just won a title, and, and you had Al Kevin Je- Garnett coming to Boston. It's funny and actually, how Al, Jefferson, are. Al Jefferson's not like, not like him. Like, he was good. He was never a star. He never star. was a stud, though. 
right? He's never so a star. He never projected out the way. So who knows? Yohan Kamankata might not project out. Benintendi already has, right? But you've already seen that yeah. Benintendi is capable of playing in this league. He's called a prospect for a reason. Yeah, exactly. You, you don't you're, know. You don't know. You're still, he's still growing up. He's it, like he's not even in his like full like man body yet. Yeah. Like, well, Benintendi, which, which is, which is his, insane. His, which is ex- his kid which body is right now is real. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Benintendi. It, Already, he mean, he's like one of the fastest to ever go through an entire farm. He started single leg with Mercado, yeah. Greenville. He started yeah. Greenville, and it was on the major league roster, meaningful role by the end of that year. So but he, and he yeah, plays yeah. with maturity and poise. Yeah, Mankata, I and I know he's still young. He seems so like we he, don't know what he's gonna. Twenty years old. He, he, we don't know what he's gonna pan out to be. Yep. But he, he struck out eleven times in a row. They brought him out the worst time, and they, they gave him that role, and it was out of necessity. So I can't even judge him on his, his two-week stint up in the big leagues. No, but it shows that he's not ready to hit the major league pitch. No, they, they gave him at bats. So. Yeah, it was, it, was, it was 11 strikeouts. They didn't even, get the, didn't now, even with put the, it in the field. With the White Sox situation, he'll probably be their starter next year because they're, just grow, they're, you know, they're growing. He's probably just going to let him play, which might stint his growth a little bit. But I, I look at the situation as the Red Sox made the right move because – in three or four years, when you have to start worrying about this stuff again, you might have more prospects in your farm system who are just as good as the ones you traded. It's not like they're good. They're good. They're good at finding the right people. They're good at they, drafting. They're very good. At drafting. And they need to call Ronnie Rodriguez. <laughs> He's playing for the Aguilas down in Dominican. So it's not Red like Sox, they're going to stop trading. Call them. Uh, drafting. I mean, it's not like they're going to stop drafting. That's what I'm saying. So like everyone's like, oh, you don't trade prospects. You don't want to be good. You didn't get anyone off your major league roster with this deal, which is surprising. And Which and is your major amazing. league roster is your major league roster is young. Right, your your core and Betts, Bradley, Bogarts. You didn't touch them, and also you didn't touch them. And also, the fact- you didn't touch Swihart. You didn't touch Vasquez. Yep, you didn't was, touch any of those. Guys. And the, also, the they, fa- they didn't even touch it. They weren't even asked for. Exactly. Which, they, they they just knew they're like they're not gonna they're not going to give them. We'll just give <laughs> them someone else. The fact, yeah. I'm just I'm still amazed at how that the asking point went from Benintendi and. They had to use the Nationals to leverage us to give them Moncada. They did. They did. That's where this came. That's yeah, so because when you woke up Tuesday morning, it was Nationals. the White Sox are close to a deal with the Washington Nationals. Yeah, I saw that. I was mm-hmm. pissed. I, I, by the way, the Nationals are not having any luck with anybody in this offseason. They were trying to get sale. Oh, they also well, traded an arm and a leg for Adam Eaton. Yep. <laughs> who is not worth yeah. what at all. <laughs> Absurd deal. Yeah. They were trying to get um. They were trying to get Wade Davis. They couldn't get anybody. They're just good, no, that's a good get for the Cubs. That's a Wade very Davis. Good get. Like, not our oldest Chapman. Well, no. I, but also I not head case. One of, so he's yeah. one of the best pitchers in baseball. Oh, of course he is. Wait, I think Chapman's of, better closer. But that being said, no, no, uh, I'm saying Wade Davis is up there. Oh, I know he one, is. One of the four, like he's also better for the lock. Automatic lockdown. Oh, Chapman is so automatic lockdown players. It's Wade Davis, Andrew Miller, Chapman, and can't no, put Kimbrel up there. Pro, ah, no. Mariano no. Rivera. No, 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 no. Right now, dude. Not. Oh. <laughs> I think I think that's. Probably, I, I'm missing a guy. I, this four. I'm missing a guy, and but, I know but, someone's <laughs> going to correct me, and it's going to bug me. But no, I think that was a good get. But I'm just still, I'm just still amazed by for the, by the asking point, and also the fact now they have a surplus of starting pitchers. Maybe you can get some prospects back for a Clay Buckholz. Or maybe you, you, you know, can't maybe get a damn thing. No, I, I, no. <laughs> actually, I, did, I disagree. Yeah, I do too. You look at what's out there. Fans hate Clay Buckholz. <laughs> we do for the most part, yeah, except want... for certain people. Well we, well, we didn't, but now we do. We we hate him. We hate him for the most part, and then every once in a while, I'm like, oh, maybe this my guy, Red Sox beat counterparts love him because we fall in love with this guy when he when he when he pitches well. When he's grooving, he's tough. Yeah, but to then he sucks. That's where he has value. And then it's like, why did we fall in love? Look at this. You take Clay Buckholz out of this market, I think he does better. Yeah, I don't think he's I, think as, I, I don't think I he's think as much of a head case, and that's where you're going to see value. I know the Mariners were calling about him and Pomeranz. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. 
Send him, to, send him to Mariners. Screw it. He's not going to do anything. They're not good anyway. Yeah. Right? Send him out there. Isn't, you can Ichi- get, isn't Ichiro still you playing can for get... him for crying out loud? No, <laughs> is he? He retired, didn't no, he? No, I, I don't know. I thought he was with Miami. Is he still, is he still yeah, Miami? He, he hit last year. He yeah, played I last year. I, I didn't see, I didn't still, see that he retired. Still I think he's still Mar- playing. Wow. He's okay. always going to be a Mariner. <laughs> oh, yeah, of course. So is Griffey, right? So is Griffey. So is Griffey. The Red Sox need one more bullpen arm, I think, to really solidify what they're doing. I think that's the only hole they have left. Mm. They need one I more. Think, I one think their more. bullpens. No, I, think, I don't I think, think it's fine. bad. I, think I don't think it's, it's bad. But if you had to tell me there's one no, hole. No, I think their bullpen's nasty. I, think, I know, I know. But if you tell me there's one hole, you don't know Carson Smith coming back 100%. Okay, I'm bad. And he just lost it. Koji, right? He's going to the Cubs. He was kind of in that projected for a, little, for a few of us, yeah, right? Yeah, you get so, Thornburg, though. No, I get that, that, but Thornburg also has had issues with his elbow. His elbow is pretty close to going. A yeah, lot but of you also got to remember, saying. they have Joe Kelly in the pen still. Joe Kelly's going to be a relief pa- pitcher now. And you got Pomerantz in the bench. You're going to have Kimbrell coming back. Yeah, you have Matt Carson. Barnes, who, Matt Matt Barnes, Barnes, when he's on, he's on. They yeah, have, but see, they I, have too I many want, arms in the bullpen. You want like, one, it's a good problem to have. You, you want one more arm, but if you're not going to do that, you can get a top of a prospect, I think, for Clay Buckles. I think. All right, if they brought in Holland... Would it be? Would it be game over? They oh my god, that'd best, be it. Best bullpen. Best bullpen in baseball, hands down. Because then you put great. I don't think you're going to do it. What do, you, what do you think the asking price would be? What do you think he's demanding? He's been out of baseball for a year. So I don't think it's going to be too much. I, don't, I think they they obviously can afford and it. Also, the one th- speaking of like money, I love the fact. Um, maybe it pisses me off now that that the Red Sox are reluctant to spend money, even though they just raised ticket prices. Um, <coughs> sorry. <laughs> um, the fact that if you go over, there's implications now. I like that. Yeah, uh, draft. It's big ones, draft picks, and in foreign, um, you know, f- signing foreign yep. players and yep. all that. Which you know, it's not, you know, that's not that big. It's not <laughs> like it's an actual salary cap, but yeah. I like that fact a little bit. But still, the Red Sox should spend some goddamn money to go get Joey Bats. Oh, they definitely. Well, part should. of that reason that they're reluctant to do so right now is because uh, the luxury tax. I know. And I if know they, what it if is. they go over, if they go over that certain amount, because uh, they're, they're pretty close to it now. If they go over it. Uh, they're gonna lose like a. I think it's like it's weird. It's, it's like a, a second a and a fourth good, round. It's a pretty good. It's a pretty substantial penalty to go if you go yeah. over. It's not just a yeah. fine. No, but the Red Sox are usually okay if they're gonna win. They're, they're gonna pay it because they're gonna deal with it because they. Well, I mean, what is the second? Honestly, this is like how many drafts? How yeah. many rounds? Yeah, it's it's just find a diamond over the year. Nobody knows what it's called. It's They do it. One of them's gonna be good. They do it in like the MLB TV studios. Like it's it's so weird. It's like it's like. On a Twitter feed, like ah, oh, hey! All of a yeah. sudden, all of a sudden, I get an ESPN notification on my phone that the draft started. Like, like wait, the draft is <laughs> the draft today? Oh, yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, I'm not gonna watch that. All right, we're gonna step aside. When we come back, uh, Jerry Thornton's gonna join us for Barstool Sports. Talk Red Sox, talks Patriots. We're gonna talk everything with them this Sunday. Sit down, ESPN New Hampshire. Are you tired of that same old hairstyle? Do you find yourself pacing up and down the hair care aisle looking for that right look? Now is the time to let Fausto from Manchester give you that new look. Fausto will transform your look from the same old same to show-stopping in one visit. Call or text Fausto today at 603-674-7255. That's 603-674-7255. Call now before the holidays pass you by. Nothing beats the fresh taste of Budweiser Draft. It's more than just love at first pint. It's the best way to enjoy the quintessential American lager. Brewed the hard way for an unmistakable crisp finish every time. So don't just settle for whatever's on tap. Make it the fresh taste of Beechwood-aged Budweiser Draft. This Bud's for you. Enjoy responsibly. Budweiser Beer, Anheuser-Busch, St. Louis, Missouri. 
Here's what you missed last week on the Fantasy Champion Show, presented by North End Subaru and Mazda. Tristan Cockcroft of ESPN.com is our guest. At quarterback, for example, you've got the Browns giving up a whole lot of fantasy points lately, but they're actually not the top matchup for quarterbacks because if you take the strength of, of opponent, it kind of brings it back down to a top 10 matchup, but not, not the top one. So it's another one of your mathematical schemes, basically. Pretty much, yeah. Get your football Sunday started the right way with the Fantasy Champion Show, Sundays at 10, only here on ESPN New Hampshire Radio. Let your search for Mazda and Subaru dealers begin and end with North End Subaru Mazda. Only 20 miles from Nashua, North End Mazda in Lunenburg has the best deals in the area. With Mazda 3s and Subaru Forester, both leaders in their class and a giant pre-owned inventory. To look at their weekly specials, give them a call at 888-805-1469 today. They're just a click away at buynorthendmazda.com. Sergeant R.J. Anderson's dream was to take to the skies. I've always wanted to be a soldier, but my ultimate goal was to be a pilot. I think I was meant to, to fly. I had just applied to be a part of the 160th SOAR Regiment, and I was going to airborne school that next Monday. So I decided to go on a motorcycle ride with my buddies. We were going through a turn, and that's all I remember. That's the day everything changed. I was told by the doctor that I would never walk again. Thanks to Paralyzed Veterans of America, competing in adaptive sports lit my fire again. They help you transition for the rest of your life to that individual that you want to be. Sports like hand cycling really pushes you to, to find who you are in that redefining moment after injury. With PBA Sports, I've, I've found my freedom. Now when I think about my future, the possibilities are endless. For more information, visit pva.org, a public service of Paralyzed Veterans of America. Hi, I'm Tim Daly. If you're over 50, like me, you know that we all need to be more aware of our health. Take pneumococcal pneumonia, for example. It's a serious lung disease that can be spread when people cough or sneeze. My mom had it. Now, it won't always happen this way, but for my mom, it was serious enough that she was in the hospital for over a week. She had difficulty breathing, was really weak, and had a terrible cough. Some adults think they're too active or healthy to get sick, but as we age, our immune system weakens, putting us at greater risk. It may surprise you, but it's estimated a quarter million Americans over 50 are hospitalized each year because of pneumococcal pneumonia. If you're over 50, talk to your doctor about your risk for pneumococcal pneumonia and see if you're up to date on your vaccinations. Learn more at www.whoknew.com. That's www.whopneu.com. This message is brought to you by the American Lung Association in partnership with Pfizer. Hi, I'm... Hi, I'm Johnny Erickson Tata. Sometimes people make assumptions about what someone with a disability can or cannot do. For 15-year-old Katrin, who has cerebral palsy, her disability leaves her unable to speak or move. But Katrin can see and hear. So it's a little awkward when people are standing around her and talking about her. But instead of Katrin and her family brushing others off, they attached a sign to her wheelchair that says, Hi, I'm Katrin. I hear and understand everything you say, but I cannot speak. I can answer questions using yes or no, so please ask me if I need my communication board. Thanks for talking with me. (laughs) By showing people how to communicate with her, Katrin is helping change attitudes and is building relationships. When it comes to connecting with someone who has a disability, it just takes a little communication and a little understanding. 
sports coverage, period. Keep it here on ESPN New Hampshire and ESPNNHradio.com. Scores, standings, trades, and breaking news. This is your ESPN New Hampshire update. Oh yeah, the Boston Bruins dropped their third straight last night to the Toronto Maple Leafs after only allowing two shots on net in the first period. The Bees allowed four more goals throughout the rest of the matchup. The lone goal scorer was Brad Marchand. Scary incident last night as there was a bomb threat on the Boston Celtics charter plane to OKC. The threat appears to have been a hoax and the FBI is now looking into the incident. The plane landed safely Saturday evening. The Seas dropped another one on Friday night to the Toronto Raptors in a crucial measuring stick game. The team drops to 13-10 with two difficult matchups on the horizon against OKC and San Antonio. The winter meetings kicked off on Tuesday and the Red Sox got off to a red-hot start as they trade away first baseman Travis Shaw to the Milwaukee Brewers for right-handed reliever Tyler Thornburg. Thornburg finished off the 2016 season with a 2.15 ERA. That was not the only move, however, as the team completed a blockbuster deal to the Chicago White Sox for ace Chris Sale. The Red Sox sent baseball's number one prospect, Yohan Mankata, and young arm Michael Kopech to Chicago in the deal. Since becoming a starter in 2012, Sale has not finished lower than sixth place in Cy Young voting. President of Baseball Operations Dave Dombrowski finished off the day by anking former Texas Rangers first baseman Mitch Moreland to a one-year, $5 million deal. New England Patriots have the day off in preparation for tomorrow night's Monday night football matchup against old rivals, the Baltimore Ravens. The Ravens currently hold the NFL's number one defense. This 90-second update was brought to you by Budweiser. This Bud's for you. Steve, I thought you were feeling well, Mr. Dan's in the studio. Hey, so, all right now. That just is what it is. Get you ready? Get you going? We got, we got Jerry come on the show. I'm not going to be excited. We got Jerry on the show. I'm amped now. I'll be good for the next 20 minutes, and I'll go back to my demise. Okay. Well, let's bring him on then. <laughs> Jerry Thornton, what's going on? Back to Barstool hey Sports you are. Great. Yeah, let's let's be honest. It wasn't one of us that wasn't playing air guitar during those rooms. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. All right. Thank you. I mean, mine is way better than yours, man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, Jerry, how's the uh, transition back to Barstool been for you? Uh, it's been fantastic. Um, you know, the the stool population tends to have kind of a love hate thing going with the with the writers. You know, I'd, I've been away from that culture for a couple of years, and in the meantime, I've done a uh, you know a podcast with you know Jared Carabas and a couple of the other guys, and they talked about just the level of hostility they face. And weirdly, since I got back, it's been nothing but people throwing you know roses at my feet. It's been weird. Like, how, how does that work? Oh. Uh, it's been hard to leave the the, the radio, um, you know, to do four hours a day. I, I imagine, you know, you guys love it as much as I do. And, you know, for instance, the Chris Sale news break, 15 minutes before we'd be going on the air, and I'm listening to the guys I used to work with talk about it, and I'm, like, at my dining room table blogging about <laughs> stuff by myself. And it's weird. Like, you, just, <laughs> you want that. But, but having said that, it's been all positive. Uh, I, I do miss the the radio part, but that'll be coming with Barstool soon enough, you know, between, uh, we're going we're gonna to be starting up a podcast, and uh, in the meantime, they, they went to Sirius XM Radio for two hours every day, that's going to start right after the new year, so there'll be opportunities, in the, in a nutshell, it's, it's been a great uh, transition, and I, I'm happy I made the choice. Uh, Jerry, before we get to the Patriots game, I want to ask you about Chris Sale. 
because I know you're a very opinionated man, um, and a lot of people are kind of back and forth on whether they like it because of the prospect situation. Most people are obviously in favor of this. What, what do you make of that whole prospect argument of, oh, we need to keep the prospects to build for the future, even though they just got one of the best pitchers in the game? Yeah, like I'm not in favor of just, you know, unwittingly just draining the farm system for nothing, but this is Chris Sale. <laughs> and these people who instantly fall in love with these future guys, I, I call them the prospectors. Like everything, it's all, they're all chasing gold, and it's all about what's going to happen down the road. It's Chris Hale. You've got him for the next three years at a ridiculously favorable contract. Yeah, it, if you could have gotten him and had to give up, say, Ben Intendi, given up, you know, Mookie Betts, and we are one of those guys who's actually going to be, you know, contributing on the roster next year. That would be a tough call. Uh, this is not a tough call for me. This is, if Dombrowski didn't trade these guys, and even if they turn out to be what we thought they were going to be, you know, even if Moncada turns out to be an MVP candidate and, and uh, what's his name, the pitcher turns out to be a top-of-the-rotation starter for somebody, this is still a good trade, and we don't know that they're going to be that. So if I'm John Henry and Dombrowski says, yeah, I turned down that deal because of how much potential we would have had to give up, I think I would have fired him on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> now, speaking of the the sale deal, um, yep. I just wanted to ask you, do you think the fact that now they have a bona fide ace at the front of this rotation, it's really going to help David Price sure. calm down and kind of just realize that, hey, I can go pitch my game, and a lot of people are going to you know, forget about him a little bit just because they got sale, and sale's the top-of-the-line rotation guy. Boy, it, it sure can't hurt in, in any way, shape, or form. I... I what I attribute Price's struggles to is the same thing that uh, John Lester went through in um, in Chicago. Same thing that Rick Porcello went through here. They, you know, the pitching to the number. It's thinking about the contract and what that does to a guy mentally. Some can handle it, and some just shut it down and say, "I got mine." You know, see Josh Beckett's final contract here, yeah. and other guys, it, it just kind of throws them off their game a little bit. And I, you know, I, I think he adjusted. As the season went on, I, I would take second half of the year David Price any day of the week and twice on Sunday. The issue with him still exists, and it's real, and that's the postseason thing. So, um, yeah, I, I heard this negative the other day. Uh, now that I get to sometimes listen to the competition, you know, <laughs> the, the, the other station, Boston, that was on opposite us, they were angry about how, well, this puts the pressure on the Red Sox now because they're on the clock. They're on the, this is a caller, and they all agree to him. They're on the clock because they're too good to not win, you know, at least a couple World Series. Okay, and that's a bad thing how? It's <laughs> like, a good you, problem to have. Yeah, they're so loaded with talent, there's pressure on them. Well, you would rather have what? There's no talent, so there's zero <laughs> pressure on them. Is that somehow a plus? Yeah, no, this is, uh, this is great every way you slice it. And even though uh, Chris Dale is a nut job, I, I can see that. The stuff about, you know, oh, they won't let my teammates get around the clubhouse 24-7. What are they doing to us? They're cutting up the uniforms. That's insane. And yet he's that level of talent where you put up with the insanity. You know, like, like with David Ortiz. David Ortiz had his, had his foibles, Lord knows, but he earned it. And I've always said it. It's like with Justin Bieber. My problem with him is he doesn't behave well enough for the kind of musician he is. Like, if Eddie Vedder did the things Justin Bieber did, I'd say, well, it's okay, he's Eddie Vedder. Let, let him go nuts. <laughs> let, let him treat people like garbage. He's earned it. So Chris Sale is in that department, and I, I, I 
couldn't feel better about this season. Me too. I'm hyped. Jerry, what's up? Hey, how you doing? Good. So, we a picture surfaced this week. I got one more baseball question for you. We went from Fat Pablo to Skinny Pablo. Do you think Skinny Pablo is going to be the real deal and we should trust him at third base this year? It's certainly worth trying to salvage that, that contract, but I just caution everybody to take a look at his actual real numbers. He was never a regular season superstar, this guy. I mean, the year before they signed him, he was like 70th in the major leagues in slugging percentage. That's that's about what his ceiling is. Um, having said that, it, his postseason numbers, he turns into regular season Ted Williams. I mean, almost exactly the same kind of production, like a 344 hitter, which was Williams' career number. Um, but, yeah, I'm glad to finally see him admit, yeah, I was a, I was a fat load. Like, I, I <laughs> you know, that, that can't have been easy for him. We all knew it, but it's just, Psychically, I needed to hear it instead of this nonsense like, oh, he's got 17% body fat. You know, when I, when I was yeah. at the station, someone came in and measured Christian Fourier, who you, you meet this guy in person, fellas. I'm not predisposed to saying this about another man, but he is a an Adonis. He is a handsome man. <laughs> it was like, I don't know, his was like 20%. <laughs> wait, wait a minute, what? So, yeah, I, I'm, I'm optimistic about Pablo only because I'm not expecting a triple crown guy. You know, let's field his position decently. If he can give you 20 homers in, in the high 80s and RBIs, I'll take that production because that's what he is. All right, Jerry, let's get to the fun stuff. Uh, it's Monday Night yeah, Football please. Monday night football tomorrow night, Patriots-Ravens yeah. at Gillette Stadium. Um, obviously, we expect a dogfight. I think there's going to be a lot of animosity going through that, that stadium, and I, I look at tomorrow night's game as a big test for the Patriots because it's a team, yeah, the Ravens aren't 100% amazing this year, but it's always a team that comes in here and just destroys the Patriots' confidence for some reason. They, they're not afraid to come in here. Terrell Suggs leads that team in here every year, just energy-wise, uh, that sort of thing. And Do the Patriots really need to develop a run game tomorrow night, or can they just be pass-happy and just depend on Tom Brady to lead them to a, a big win on Monday Night Football? Yeah, guys, it's interesting because, you know, in a post-Pate Manning world, Baltimore is really the closest thing the Patriots have to an actual rival, you know, where it's, there's, there's a history there and there's bad blood. And I, I, I personally hate them with the white-hot intensity of a thousand pizza ovens. <laughs> uh, I wrote a thing on Barstool the other day, 10 Things I Hate About You, the Ravens, only because, you know, I just want to stick to the movie title. I could have gone on all day. I could have listed 100 things, not the least of which is they are patient zero of the Deflategate myth. They're the ones who started it. It has nothing to do with the Quell Jackson or the Colts intercepting a pass and saying, hey, this ball feels kind of squishy, and then the league looking into it. No, no, the Ravens started this because they were so butthurt about the way the Patriots outfoxed them in that in that divisional round game. Now, as far as this game goes, yeah, I, I think you have to just assume it's going to be an alley fight. You know, it's going to be fought with trash can lids and broken bottles because that's how those games go. Uh, I don't have a lot of confidence the Pats will be able to run the ball. I, I, I think checking down to the backs is going to be their kind of thing. We, we only saw, I think, one play last week of Deion Lewis and James White out there together. And I, I think in a post-Gronk world, that is a, a terrific way to you know set up the, the offense, you know create mismatches and so on. This is a good Baltimore defense. 
they're, they're top five in the league in, mm-hmm. in every category, which is a tribute to them. It's kind of their, their DNA because there's only three guys left from the 2012 championship defense, and they're still good. Their problem is the other side of the ball. You know, they're, they're, they have no run game. Justin Forsett was a one-hit wonder. He, he was the Dexys midnight runner of, of running backs, and now they're scrambling, and, and they, they've really got, you know, Terrence West is their leading back. And they're seeing what happens when you try to make Joe Flacco be the guy, which is he's, he's pretty limited. And so uh, I think the Pats will have a real challenge on offense. But if their defense doesn't step up and, and shut these guys down, I'm going to be livid. <laughs> Do you think, just say the Patriots, can move the ball up and down on this Baltimore defense? Because honestly, <laughs> I mean, everyone's saying in terms of best defenses, they'll face um, the regular season, everyone's saying, Denver, I think the Baltimore defense might give them a tougher test. Do you think if they can move the ball up and down and put up some points on the field that this could you know, prove that they can be well without Gronkowski, depending on the health of uh, Martellus Bennett? Yeah, I mean, it is a, it is a legit test. The, the, the Denver one, I, I might say, is, is slightly more of a test because it's going to be in their building. So now you're yeah, dealing with true. the noise and, and just the guaranteed weirdness that happens every time you set foot in mile high. There will be a crazy bounce of a ball. There will be someone will have like a, a bad mental yip in the middle of the game, you know, Harper's muff, something like that. Um, so, yeah, this this is a legit test. Uh, it, this is a, a team that's really stout against the run, even though Terrell Suggs has been dealing with some, uh, with some, some biceps issues. Um, I, I feel like the Patriots are going to have extra motivation because of Again, the, the aforementioned deflategate nonsense, which John Harbaugh started because he's a sore loser and a punk and a whiny crybaby. <laughs> I, I don't like the man in case I, I haven't. Like, really. I, 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 I never would have guessed you didn't like him. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> couldn't, couldn't make yeah. that connotation. But I, again, you know, that, that whole thing when Brady said, I don't know, I'm, I'm read the rule book. And that was treated like, like it was a trigger word. Like if Harbaugh was on a college campus, they'd be giving him a comfort pug and some crayons. <laughs> <laughs> read the rule book. It was in the rules. And then Harbaugh's immediate response is to go to the league and have the rules committee overturn oh the rules so you can't do those very legal like formations the... and then ran his own version of them of the following season. He's the new oh. rendition of Jim Mercer. You know what I mean? Like, if you can't you can't beat the Patriots. They try something new. You get mad. You go to the committee. You try to change it. It was ridiculous. He he started he he started pretty much all of that, and then like you said, he picked up right after he left, and he started using that the next year. Yep, it's insane. And then you know, uh, let's not forget 2011, the championship game where his kicker wasn't prepared. He was warming up about 45 yards up the field, and when they bring him in, he shanks the kick, and Harbaugh said, "Oh, the scoreboard uh, wasn't showing the, the proper down." All right, well, two things about that, Johnny. One. In order to keep track of what down it is, it requires a grown man to count to three. Second, there are guys standing there, NFL employees, who also operate the scoreboard, but other NFL employees are standing there with a stick in their hands with a number on top that tells you what down it is. Look at them. But no, it's never him. It's never, I didn't coach well enough. It's, it's the Patriots, the Cheatriots, and they're always up to something. So, believe me, this is one of those games, guys, where I... It's not enough to beat them. I want the the obligatory Brady fu touchdown at the end of the game, which we haven't seen this year. You know they've been taking a knee in other teams' red zones at the end of the game. But this is one of those ones where 
you you got to stick the dagger and give it a twist. Well, you might actually see that too because now you have a tough stretch of games coming up, so it makes sense. Like this is this is a tough stretch coming up for them, so it would I would love to see that for sure. Yeah, yeah, really. I mean, when you looked at the schedule the day it came out, you were looking at these couple of games in, in particular and said, okay, those are going to be tough ones. And, you know, Baltimore's not you know powerhouse per se, but I mean, you know, for a team that's last in the league in offensive touchdowns, the fact that they're first place in their division says that there there's a toughness to them and. They've got the best kicker in football, so if the Patriots aren't getting in the end zone, if they're stalling out like they did last week, and you're relying on Gus Kowski to outkick Justin Tucker, that's, that's, that's going to be a tough game. <laughs> so it's, it's very much going to come down to red zone offense, depending on how, what most football comes down to. All right, so in hindsight, now that uh, Jamie Collins has been off the team for, yeah. I believe, four games now, uh, in the eight games uh, yeah. with Jamie Collins on the team, the team had a total of 13 sacks. Four games without Jamie Collins, the team has 13 sacks, which is the third most in that span. Do you think Bill outsmarted all the fans again? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I'm I'm an in-bill-we-trust guy. It, it doesn't mean, like, you know, he's the Pope. There's no papal infallibility uh, doctrine to, to here, too. I mean, he makes mistakes, too. I, I think with regards to Collins, it, we have to accept that the only reason he would make that trade wasn't to get back value, because he would have gotten the same if he let him play out the string and, and just walk. I think it's because he, he felt the defense would be better without this guy, whether it was the freelancing thing or just lack of effort or the up-and-down performance. I think he just said he was losing his defense like he did in 2009, and i I gotta I got to wake these guys up, and I'm gonna, you know, I would rather have a Landon Roberts in there, a trade for a Keith Van Noy and somebody that I can depend on. Um, as far as the defense in, in general goes, last week was, to me, and you can you can shrug your shoulders and say, yeah, but it's just the Rams, it doesn't mean anything. Well, it means something. How much it means remains to be determined, but they played a different style, fellas. They attacked. There wasn't that passive sitting back, you know, giving these guys this six-yard cushion. A lot was made out of the drops by the Rams receivers, but that's because the Patriots were popping them as soon as they touched the ball. They, they you know, attacked up front. They, I look back at the first play of the second half, and they, they had them pinned back in, in, in Rams territory. And Chris Long, his leg was twitching like like a greyhound at the start, waiting for the, for the race to begin. Um, they, they forced a, a false start penalty by the Rams because they were in that aggressive attack mode. And I think if they can continue that, if Matt Patricia can take them off the leash and let them start going after people instead of the sit back and you know this memory soft foam you know cushy defense that they've been playing, then I think they can play well against anybody, and that's why this is such a huge test for them, to see if that St. Louis game was transitional or if it was just a blip against a crappy team. All right, Jerry Thornton, Barstool Sports. Uh, Jerry, we appreciate the time, as always. Uh, we'll talk to you soon, and enjoy the game, of course. I hope so, guys. Thanks for having me on. Let's let's do this again real Absolutely. Yeah, Thank thanks, you. Jerry. All right, again, Jerry Thornton, uh, now of Barstool Sports once again. Uh, Sunday sit-down, ESPN Amsterdam, we come back. Uh, touch on the Bruins, because there's one guy who's been lighting it up for this team. And I think there's a trend here with what the Bruins have done with guys like this. I want to talk about that next. Uh, ESPN New Hampshire, Sunday sit down.
The Stretch Run with Jimmy Murphy, weekdays from 3 to 6 on ESPN New Hampshire Radio. Can we come up with something original when, when the Bruins struggle, other than fire Claude Julian? You have one of the worst assembled blue lines in the history of the organization. It's up there. <laughs> yeah, it's up there. The man who you think you should be depending on to carry the load is 39, and his legs are giving out on him, and he skates like he's in molasses. The Stretch Run with Jimmy Murphy, weekdays from 3 to 6 on ESPN New Hampshire Radio, and streaming live on ESPNNHRadio.com. The 2016 Chick-fil-A Nashua Holiday Basketball Tournament, Wednesday, December 28th through Friday the 30th at Nashua High School South. This year's event features girls and boys teams from Nashua South, Nashua North, Alvern, Salhegan, Milford, Goffstown, and Merrimack, along with special appearances from the famous Chick-fil-A Cows. Games start at 10 a.m. each day, and tickets are available at the door. The 2016 Chick-fil-A Nashua Holiday Basketball Tournament, Wednesday, December 28th through Friday the 30th. More info at nhsportspage.com. It doesn't have to be golf season to enjoy everything the Atkinson Resort and Country Club has to offer. Open to the public seven days a week, Atkinson Resort and Country Club features two restaurants, Merrill's Tavern, a great place to watch sports or to try your hand at virtual indoor golf, and the Stagecoach Grill, serving lunch and dinner daily. The Atkinson Resort and Country Club is also one of New England's highest rated wedding venues and boasts over 15,000 square feet of conference space. The Atkinson Resort and Country Club in Atkinson, New Hampshire. Online at atkinsonresort.com. Come experience all the joys of living at Bedford Green. Only steps from the Merrimack River and Heritage Walking Trails, the Bedford Green offers some of the largest floor plans in the area with a convenient location only minutes from Manchester. Bedford Green is the town's newest luxury living address featuring granite counters, stainless steel appliances, natural light and spacious layouts, and offers easy accessibility to restaurants, shopping, and all the major highways. Visit Bedford Green NH. In southern New Hampshire, there's only one choice when it comes to the best in orthopedic care. New Hampshire Orthopedic Center has been providing award-winning treatment for all orthopedic conditions for over 40 years. Chances are one of our physicians has helped someone you know get back in motion. Voted best orthopedic office by union leader three years running. Voted top doctors 30 times by peers in New Hampshire Magazine. Tell your primary care physician you'd like to see a specialist at New Hampshire Orthopedic Center. We keep bodies in motion. Visit NHOC.com for more information. Every day, the men and women of the United States Marine Corps demonstrate their commitment to defend the American way of life. Since 1775, we have served our nation as a force in readiness. From combat operations to humanitarian assistance in every corner of the world. No matter where the mission takes us today or wherever our country needs us tomorrow, we always remember the land we call home. As Marines, we take a stand for each other, for our nation, for us all, the few, the proud, the Marines. Local sports talk for the New Hampshire sports fan. You're listening to ESPN New Hampshire. Scores, standings, trades, and breaking news. This is your ESPN New Hampshire update. Hey, I'm Nick Qualia. The Boston Bruins dropped their third straight last night to the Toronto Maple Leafs. After only allowing two shots on net in the first period, the Bees allowed four more goals throughout the rest of the matchup. 
The lone goal scorer was Brad Marchand. Scary incident last night as there was a bomb threat on the Boston Celtics charter plane to OKC. The threat appears to have been a hoax and the FBI is now looking into the incident. The plane landed safely Saturday evening. The Seas dropped another one on Friday night to the Toronto Raptors in a crucial measuring stick game. The team drops to 13-10 with two difficult matchups on the horizon against OKC and San Antonio. The winter meetings kicked off on Tuesday, and the Red Sox got off to a red-hot start as they trade away first and third baseman Travis Shaw to the Milwaukee Brewers for right-handed relief pitcher Tyler Thornburg. That was not the only move, however, as the team completed a blockbuster deal for the Chicago White Sox ace Chris Sale. The Red Sox sent baseball's number one prospect, Yohan Mankata, and young arm Michael Kopech to Chicago in the deal. President of Baseball Operations Dave Dombrowski finished off the day by inking former Texas Rangers first baseman Mitch Moreland to a one-year $5 million deal. The New England Patriots have the day off in preparation for tomorrow night's Monday night football matchup against the old rivals Baltimore Ravens. The Ravens currently hold the NFL's number one defense. Game kicks off at 8.30 p.m. Temperatures look to dip into the low, uh, high 20s. This 90-second update was brought to you by Budweiser. This Bud's for you. Big shout out to Jerry Thornton and Barstool Sports. This story that's uh, talking who knows what Red Sox Patriots. Barstool, but anyway. Um, 603-883-9900 if you want to join the conversation here. We're taking it until 12-28 from the NFL doubleheader. Um, we're going to transition back to the NFL at the top of the hour, but there's one team in this town that hasn't been talked about too much because of the Patriots and the Red Sox news, and Solids are always going to get the coverage that they get. But the Boston Bruins have been playing okay this year. Last couple games have been rough, but it's frustrating for sure. But they're playing the young kids, so you can't really be mad because that's what we've been asking for for the last exactly. however many years. So I can't be mad for that. One of the young kids who's finally kind of blossoming into his own is David Pasternak. Absolutely. Yeah. Bonafide, su- now, becoming a superstar. He's off his rookie deal, his entry-level deal, after this season. So yep. they got to figure this out. <clears throat> this guy's been blood. He's, he's tied for the lead in the NHL in goals, still, I think. I think Crosby just took Crosby might have just taken it over, but he's go- needless to say he's going back and forth. He's with up Sydney there. Crosby he's up there. in the leading exactly. the goals category in the NHL for so, a team that struggles to score goals. That's yeah. massive. And we've asked for years for someone who finally to replace Tyler Sagan, right? Exactly. Um, and now you have another guy who you've self groomed into this dude who can play really well. This is trending again, right? This is exactly what um, happened before. Mm. And my biggest question is. How soon are they going to trade David Pasternak? <laughs> you got to you got to hope they learn. You know what though? I, I they've I, already done it twice. It's now. a different. It's a di- well. Joe, what are you talking? Thornton, Kessel, Kessel. Ah, well, two different. Both those guys are jerks. Yeah, but we were. Phil uh, Kessel was a total non. Phil Kessel like yeah, that because Tyler he bought you Tyler Sagan. Tyler Sagan was a little runt. You know I what don't mean? care Tyler, though. Just so is so is um, so is Kane in Chicago, but they deal with it. And look what he does. For yeah, him. but yeah, the but there were politics in this one. Sagan was banging Nathan Horton's wife. Don't care. Yeah, yeah, but she's that's, hot. But that's but what they're going to think. Good for yeah, him. Think. Yeah, good for. I'm, I'm just saying. I'm saying there's <laughs> good for the, Sagan. Good for yeah, Sagan. Good for Sagan. Yeah, hell yeah. I'm a, I'm a young guy. Good for Sagan. Um, no, I'm kidding. No, that's you know. But I, I oh, just Steve, I, what a jerk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm wow, saying. Steve. I'm saying that it's a different ball game because I think Pasternak. He's a good team guy. A lot of people like him. He's respected. I think it's a different ball game now because they actually. I mean, I think the trend was they they starting to keep some of these players. They gave Marshall on the contract extension. Which for me is kind of like I know it's like the most obvious thing you should do, but I'm like, but they actually did it. They actually <laughs> did it exactly. It's not a gimme with the Bruins. No. You know what I mean? And it's no. a very tradable deal too. Because very eight tradable. People are freaking out about the, the how it's eight and years, but it's you can trade, trade that. And you I, can still trade I that. just feel like you can give Pasternak that con- that contract because Chara's numbers are going to come off the books in what two years? 
Which he's really making should. top dollars. Yeah, so I mean, like you might have mil. you might be cap strapped for a year, but then his his figure is going to come off the books. Well, and, and Char and Carlo are playing well together. Exactly. Like combination. Exactly. Carlo's making Char look good again because Char's Char responsible good for last everything. Night. He was quick. He was. Yeah. He was, like the thing is, like Char's always had issues because he has been responsible for too much playing yeah. with Seidenberg and playing with all these guys. Carlo can hold his own on both sides of the ice, so you don't have, so Char can only so do what cute. he needs to do, which yeah. makes Char obviously at this age a lot more usable. Yeah. Exactly. Um, yeah. With Pasternak though. I think that they could screw this up, but the reason why I think they won't I, I think is because, one, you can see Claude likes him, and two, <laughs> but you know why he likes him? Because he's willing to hit, make the big hits and get down and dirty at the boards. Exactly. He's not just a goal he's scorer, not Jimmy Hayes. which is crazy. Well, no, because Tyler Sagan even wouldn't go down and play against the board. You saw it in the Stanley Cup exactly. against the Blackhawks. Exactly. He was afraid. Yeah. He was a little chicken to go down to the corner of the boards. He was waiting for the puck, and he wouldn't go in front of the net. He was waiting for the easy goals. Yeah. Pasternak does the work, puts the work in, so... This dude needs to get signed, like, by far anything else. Like, you're going to have room. You're playing the young guys, which is about time, right? The young guys are showing they can handle themselves. Um, next step, I think, is to sign him, but I also think you need to get rid of Adam McQuaid because Kevin, <laughs> yes. Kevin, well, because Kevin Miller is Adam McQuaid, just a younger version. So you don't need both of them. Yeah, I agree. So I agree. one of those guys has to go. Please be Adam McQuaid, not Kevin Miller. Um, Colin Miller, and he still needs to play more. Love Colin Miller. Yeah. You are, that is your boy. Love Colin Miller. It's like me and Mar- Marcus Smart is Colin Miller to me. Like, same thing. <laughs> just I, I like sport. Colin Miller. I really don't want, like, Marcus Smart. Colin Miller has a lot of potential. He just yes, needs to get the ice time. He needs to get, he needs to get the ice time, right? Colin Agreed. Miller hasn't played too much, but you saw the snipe that he had the he, other he's night. Got talent. That's he what he's, more that's just, what he's just, known for. That's what he was doing here in Manchester. That's what he was doing mm-hmm. when he got the ice time. Now, don't get me wrong. When he is taking the shots, he's missed the net. But that's that's <laughs> that's consistently he needs, he needs he needs the work. You know he hasn't gotten the work because he's been sitting on the ninth floor. Yep, agree. So I, I think you're gonna have to work him in. That helps when you get rid of Adam McQuaid. That's one more spot. Hopefully. So we'll see there. Um, but the Pasternak thing. This kid came out of nowhere this year. He really because did. last year he wasn't even doing this and he was playing consistently. But now that line of him, Bergeron, and Martian has yeah. been yeah, phenomenal. They, yeah, I agree. And it's also because Claude was very you know you started the last year he was very reluctant to play him. For yeah. some reason, I don't know why. I don't know what he had against. He, him. he was a young kid. The young yeah. kid is reluctant to throw him well, in see, there. Yeah, that's the thing is this year is different because they convinced Claude, dude, you're playing the young guys. Exactly. Play because the young now guys. he's playing the young guys, and look what this team's doing. They're what third in their division, and something like that, like, yeah. and they're still in the playoff picture, and they're probably a playoff team. And I think the young kids can spark something. They're fresh legs. They don't know the big moments, right? So if you put them in the playoffs, they're not going to win a Stanley Cup by any means. And I, but just, I feel like if you, if you go and they have a good basis now, you have a good blend of veterans that are at the cap. I think Krejci, they need to get rid of his figure, get him off the books, get him out of here because he's done. Um, but you have a good balance of old veteran, not old, veteran guys with nice young, <laughs> y- nice young talent yeah. that has potential. And I yeah. feel like you add a top-line defender and you can maybe... Well, the reports out there, they're, sh- they're shipping Ryan Spooner. They're shopping Ryan Spooner for a top, for a top forward. Okay. They're looking for a forward. You need they're looking for more goals. This goal team score. needs defense. You this need, is four games in a row. You've given up four goals. Yeah. Yeah. You, get, you get a top line defender, and now we're talking. You might so, be able to get out of the. But East see, East I, East that's the thing is, I don't know fires. if they're looking. Yes. I don't know if they're looking for that. So that that's where we're at with this team. They might be looking for the wrong thing with the right trade bait because Ryan Spooner is great trade bait. So yeah, it is good. We're gonna see where that goes uh, when we come back. Steve's gonna go around the NFL top matchups. Absolutely. We're gonna kind of touch this Patriots Ravens games uh, tomorrow Monday Night Football. We'll be right back. If a disaster ever